Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. You know, I keep saying this case won't get any worse. <laughs> this whole Spygate thing. And, and as if by magic, it always does. I've got an update on that. I've got an update on Trump, savage Trump, and I mean savage in a good way. Uh, he really gets it. And he totally crushed this reporter yesterday. He was asking a dumb question. I don't want to say crushed, but really gets the American people. I got that. Um, I'm going to leave you on a good note with a great clip, too, of Kellyanne Conway in absolute beast mode yesterday on the White House grounds, annihilating a CBS reporter. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Your online data, ladies and gentlemen, is your business. Protect it now at ExpressVPN.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, well, sir. Well, it's Friday. Thank goodness. Yes, it is. Looking forward. Thank you for working late last night. The Joe and uh, Drew produced the John Solomon interview, which is now up. If you'd like to check that out, in addition to today's show, the John Solomon interview is excellent. He Mm -hmm. blows the roof off the Spygate case with some stuff I hadn't even heard Mm -hmm. before. Um, It's amazing. Check it out. YouTube.com slash Bongino. You can check that also on Apple Podcasts. All right. I got a lot to get through today, so let's get right to it. Today's show brought to you by buddies at GenuCell. You wish that double chin would just disappear? Newsflash, ladies and gentlemen, people look at your jawline. It simply tells your age. Here's Robin from Lubbock, Texas. I put GenuCell's jawline cream on my neck two or three days ago. It's the best my neck has looked in 20 years. People told me my face looks young. I'm blown away. With Shamanese MDL technology, GenuCell's brand new jawline treatment specifically targets that delicate skin in the neck area for tight, healthy, younger looking skin. You'll see your mirror smile back at you or 100% of your money back. No questions asked. Order GenuCell's brand new jawline treatment absolutely risk-free and get a second month for half price. And for results in 12 hours or less, got a date, got to get on TV, whatever. GenuCell Immediate Effects is also yours free. Order online for an extra $30 discount. Online orders only. Just use my promo code DAN30. That's DAN30 at checkout. Go to GenuCell.com. GenuCell is a New Jersey company, and they're donating $100,000 to New Jersey Hospital's first responders. You can also help by contributing directly. No purchase necessary. Just go to GenuCell, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com, GenuCell.com. That's GenuCell.com. Don't forget my promo code for the discount, DAN30, DAN30. All right, Joe, let's go. Here we go, baby. All right, here's Trump. You know, I, I, I say kind of laughingly, I say savage Trump, but I, I mean it as a compliment because he just gets it and he doesn't put up with dopey questions from people that are not really questions. Um, they're more kind of statements disguised as questions designed to box Trump in a corner. So, ladies and gentlemen, obviously there is a lot of friction right now in the country, understandably what we're going through yeah. right now, but it's not just on the healthcare front and on the virus front. There's also obviously the economic, the financial front, the government versus limited government front. But the biggest fight of all right now is the fight for individual liberty and freedom. Not a joke. Trump has a natural finger on the pulse. And I don't say this again to be in some kind of an acolyte or a sycophant. I say it because it's true. Um, He defeated politicians with far more experience in this arena. I mean, Hillary Clinton has been a creature of politics for what, three decades, if not more? Mm. And Trump defeated her in the Electoral College rather easily. Uh, I mean, really, it was kind of a rout when you look back. Why, though? The media constantly underestimates Trump's ability to sense things the American people feel, the sense where they're going. I don't know how to call it, the je ne sais quoi, the zeitgeist of the time. I mean, we could talk about all kinds of flowery terms. It's just kind of that thing, that instinct where you know what... The American people, not all, obviously, but good portions of them are thinking where other people are missing it. Mm -hmm. I always use the example after the Mitt Romney loss in the election, how I went to this group and I was talking to a bunch of Republican activists and they were swearing that we lost because we didn't cater to illegal immigrants. Mm. They were like, no, no, no. The polling data says this. And a lot of us in the room, conservatives were like, what? Really? Like, that doesn't sound right to me. Donald Trump comes out and goes, no, no, no. You're a nation of laws. Illegal immigration isn't a good thing. And he wins the election. He has this ability to do this. You'll see this evidence in this short clip. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I wanted to open up the show with this. It was a really great press conference he held yesterday. He did a fantastic, I think his best work yet, where he laid out this plan for reopening the government in three phases based on how your state is doing in what they call flattening the curve of new infections, hospitalizations, intubations, and deaths. I thought it was very well done. But he, Jonathan Carl from, I believe, ABC tries to box him in a corner and says, listen, these protesters in Michigan that showed up at the state house in defiance of these stay-at-home orders, 
my gosh, these people, they, they could be putting people in danger, right? Expecting President Trump to fold on the question and listen to his answer. Because this is where President Trump sees what's going on right now in the country. And a lot of the D.C. bubble types are just totally missing it. Check this out. Mr. President, Mr. President. Mr. President, what's your message to the protesters we're seeing? We saw a lot in Michigan, but in other states that are saying that they are refusing to comply with the stay-at-home orders issued by governors and local officials. I mean, isn't it important uh, for everybody to go along with this as we go through these phases? Well, they've been going through it a long time, John, and it's been a tough process for people. You know, I told you this. There's death and there's problems in staying at home, too. It's not just, isn't it wonderful to stay at home? They're having they're suffering. This country wasn't built on that principle. It was built on an exact opposite principle, actually. And I watched in one particular state where they were, uh, they want to get back. They want to get back. Uh, they were very strict sanctions that were put on people. That was uh, probably the most strict of all. But uh, I just think the American people have been incredible. Notice what the reporter did there. This is an important, quick mm -hmm. Dan Bongino show tutorial on the media. We have new ra radio affiliates now, one of them in the Northeast. I was doing an interview last night with them, and he mentioned the, the host when I was interviewing. He's like, why do you dislike the media? So it's not all the media. And I was explaining to him, because I know their tricks, and I know what they're up to, and it's always disingenuous. It's never to get to the facts. And watch what he does for the quick tutorial. <laughs> At the end, the reporter's like, you know, isn't it better that they follow these stay-at-home orders? For totally disregarding the larger questions mm -hmm. that the overwhelming majority of people who protested in Michigan were doing nothing that would have jeopardized their health at all. They were in their cars with their windows closed in basically a traffic tie-up in doing the greatest thing Americans ever do, which is protest. That's what we do best. When we see our freedoms being squelched like a grape, we protest and say, nah, not on my watch, daddy-o, thanks. But what the reporter's looking for is Trump to answer the question saying, you go out and get a Michigan so the reporter can write what, Joe? Trump recommends chaos, says disregard all orders. <laughs> Trump <laughs> wants the virus. That's what mm -hmm. Jonathan Carl wants. He wants that answer, but Trump won't give it to him. Because Trump sniffs this guy out like a hound dog sniffing out a prison escapee trying to you know, run down the trail. He smells it coming from a mile away. And what does Trump say? Because he knows the American people have a zest for freedom, a zeal for liberty. Everybody who comes here comes here for a reason, because they want to get away from the crap and the tyranny elsewhere, including our founding fathers. We have a liberty gene here that is never going to go away. And Trump knows it. And he's like, you know what? That's not what our country was founded on. That's not. He doesn't fall into yeah. the chaos trap at all. He said, matter of fact, it's the exact opposite principle in a beautiful, really Elegant answer. You know, sometimes he's a little edgy yeah. with the language and stuff, but that was a beautiful, well-done answer. And it just reminds me of a point I made on this show over and over. Folks, the Bill of Rights is not a suggestion. Neither is the Constitution. There's no asterisks in it. There's no appendices. Those are your God-given rights. The American people, largely, Understand that the states have certain police powers and within reason will, of course, obey uh, what they believe to be their elected officials edicts if those are reasonable. Reasonable edicts, like if you can social distance, you may have to go out with a mask for a certain time because we don't want you infected. We don't want you to get sick and God forbid we don't want you to die either. But when people like the dreadful governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, start putting out edicts more like King George. You can go to the store, but you're not allowed to buy seeds. You can get uh, your bike fixed, but you can't get an oil change. The American people have the liberty gene, and the liberty gene is never going to go away. For all you DNA folks, that, what is it, three prime, five prime reading of DNA strands, whatever it may be, that liberty gene is right smack dab in the middle of that double helix. And trust me, it ain't going anywhere. And when you try to stomp your foot down on the liberty of the American people, they are going to fight back every single time. The Bill of Rights for them and their God-given rights, that's not an asterisk. They've never viewed it that way. And you are making a huge, enormous, catastrophic, I cannot use enough adjectives, apocalyptic mistake. If you think you're going to put out a bunch of ridiculous, unreasonable, liberty-squelching freedoms that are going to silence that liberty gene, and the American people are just going to sit back and take it, don't ever forget. I had a, 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 a 
history teacher in high school, John Diorio, was a good man. He was a Democrat, but a good guy nonetheless. Just retired. Congratulations, Mr. Diorio. But he said something to me in our AP history class in, in high school that really resonated with me forever. So, you know, the reason we'll never have another significant revolution in this country or something to that effect is because we have a vibrant middle class. In other words, people have a lot to lose. Oh. As that vibrant middle class has its wealth, its capital, its businesses, its livelihood, its prosperity, and its children's prosperity stomped on. All of a sudden, you don't have a lot to lose anymore. They're not just going to accept you squelching the liberty gene. And let me remind you of one more thing as well. Every single tyrant in human history has made this catastrophic miscalculation and lost. Everyone at some point. They somehow believe that their passion to squelch the liberty of others will override the passion of others to retain the liberty they were born with. That has been the single most fatal conceit, to quote Hayek, of every single tyrant in human history. Because every tyrant who thinks they can squelch the liberty of others is usually doing it because they have power and are living on their thrones and people are feeding them grapes and fanning them and telling them how wonderful they are and they're soft. They're soft. American people aren't soft. They never were. They never were. We are hard people and we always have been. We've been battle-hardened from the beginning. We have dealt with a lot. We got our truckers. We got our electricians. We got our soldiers. We got our cops. We got our first responders. These are people who have been through a lot of stress and a lot of stuff. These are hard people. And if you think from your throne with your grape eating, and you're, and, you're, and you're fanning, like in, uh, in ancient Egypt, people fanning you, that you're going to sit there and squelch on their liberty and they're going to sit back and take it because they're a bunch of softies. You have grotesquely miscalculated this country. I promise you that. All right. Enough on that. All right, it's a loaded show today. Uh, we're going to go a little over, so just roll with me, please. Uh, let me just get to the second sponsor. I want to get to this Spygate stuff and then get back to some of this other stuff on the WHO and some other things going on. Big question. Can we defund the WHO? Trump wants to do it. Is that even possible? I've got a good article coming up later. Today's show also brought to you by Buddy's at Simply Safe. Listen, with all the uncertainty in the world today, feeling safe at home has never been more important. So I want to talk to you about Simply Safe Home Security. They're longtime friends of the Dan Bongino show, and for good reason. It's a very, very good company. I love the company. It's super easy to set up. Simply Safe has made it easy to finally get comprehensive protection for your home. There's no technician or salesperson that needs to come and disrupt your house. You don't need to pay any outrageous monthly fees or sign a two-year contract. They don't need it because the service is that good. You just order online. You set it up yourself. Paula did it. What did it take you? An hour and a half, two hours? Set up the whole house. You just added some new sensors, by the way. And your home is protected 24-7 with emergency dispatch for break-ins, fire, and more. All for just 50 cents a day. And we're not the only fans of Simply Safe. U.S. News and World Report named Simply Safe the best overall home security of 2020. They deserve it. Right now, head over to simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. And my listeners will get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. That's Simply Safe. That's simply with an I, S-I-M-P-L-I, safe.com slash Dan Bongino to make sure they know our show sent you. From Simply Safe and all of us here, wishing you safety and good health. Again, simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. Go today, secure your house. Okay. Um, again, please check out the John Solomon interview. We touch on some of the stuff that's been coming out lately. He, John has uh, just been all over this story from day one. And I asked him some questions in the interview about some of the articles he wrote in the past, including that one uh, where, they, where they say, we got we to gotta scrub the list. Watch the interview. You'll see that. Again, mm. worth your time. But getting back to the Spygate case, unbelievably, ladies and gentlemen, unbelievably, this gets worse. Now, why are we talking about, you know, the Spygate story ebbs and flows. Sometimes it's heavy in the show, sometimes light, sometimes non-existent if there's nothing going on. This week has been heavy precisely because the declassific declassifications keep on coming. Now, when I say declassifications, I mean a lot of information we've wanted to get a hold of in the past. Department of Justice letters, the IG report has been hidden under big black dots and lines. Now, conveniently, Joe, that we have the Wuhan virus crisis, I believe that the, the DOJ and others that are looking to hide their malfeasance, it's like, oh, let's declassify it now. Yeah, this is perfect. Timing. No one's going to pay attention. Ah, wrong show. We're going to pay attention. Big, big hat tip to undercover Huber on Twitter. 
you're the best. And Techno Fog, you're the best too. You're both gold medal winners. There's no one and two for tipping me in and cueing me into some other stuff that was declassified last night. What was it? Why do you need to know? And how does this get worse? Well, what was it? Number one, they declassified letters from the Department of Justice to the FISA court. They're basically in 2018, Joe, letters, the DOJ saying to the FISA court that was used to spy on the Trump yeah. team. Hey, man, we didn't do anything. Look at this. We got a hold of those letters. What? They're bad. Oh, they're bad. You know, also, yeah, they're bad. Yeah. They're very bad. Also, I'm proving you to you again. You've not been wasting your time in the show. What has been my theory from day one? Very simple. They spied on Trump. They used a fake dossier to do right. it. In order to cover their story, the FBI to this day is still insisting, Joe, we didn't get the uh, dossier from Steele until September of 2017. Bull dookie. Why is the FBI lying and saying that? Right. Because they opened the case in July. So if they can sucker you into believing they didn't get the dossier until September after July, they're hoping you'll fall for the trick that the dossier had nothing to do with them investigating Trump. It's all they had. All. A-L-L. Add another L if you're Joe Biden. <laughs> so what did I tell you? I told you from the start, they had this dossier information as early as the spring of 2016. And that September story, we got it, is a lie. Well, now you can take it to the bank and cash that check. You've not been wasting your time here. Again, hat tip to the great undercover humor and technophile. Let's get right to it. Let's get to the now declassified elements of the Department of Justice's pathetic letter to the FISA court saying, hey, man, it wasn't that bad what we did. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to screen cap here, number one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're going to love yeah. this one, Joe. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but here's the letter. Additional information regarding Source One and his motivations and reliability. So again, this is the D Source One is Christopher Steele. This is the Department of Justice saying to the FISA court, hey, man, it wasn't so bad. Look, man, the steel wasn't so bad, but look at these underlines here, these red underlines. If you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash Bongino, check it out. Source one, Christopher Steele. Wait, wait, what? Am I going to, is it? No, huh? no, 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 no. If you're reading ahead, you're like, this can't be. Source one, Steele also told Bruce Orr from the Department of Justice that he had already given some of his information to his FBI handling agent. Wait, wait, what? And then there's a line before that. It says, or informed the FBI that source one, Steele contacted him in late July of 2016. How can that be? How can that be? Joseph. Yes. That's not possible. No, it's not. We have been told by the FBI right. and they're always honest. Again, I'm not talking about the rank and file agents. Right. My experience, I mean that, has always been excellent. I'm sure they have, you know, people they, that are bad too. I mean, we had rank and file agents in the Secret Service who were terrible. I'm just saying my experience has been a good one. The management that ran this, a total disgrace and a disaster in every respect. Christopher Ray, who's running the direct, is the director of the FBI right now, has to go. It is clear this man is not interested in reform at all. Now, how are we not? How is this not a, a front page story? They're still insisting, Joe. They didn't get the right. dossier until September. Yeah. It, Paula, can you please put that up again? This is a note from the Department of Justice to the FISA court, now declassified, thoroughly eviscerating eviscerated, yep. gutting the stuff, the, the intestines on the floor. There is nothing left here. You're lying. Or Bruce Orr from the Department of Justice informed the FBI that Steele contacted him in July to discuss information Steele had collected, including Carter Page's contacts with the Russians. Source One also told Orr that he'd given some of the information to the FBI handling agent. Well, it's right there. What? what? It, it, yeah, it's, yeah, right, it's right. Thank there. you. I don't know how else. No. To like, it, there's nothing else to say. <laughs> I don't need audience ombudsman Joe. No. He doesn't need to be the referee. Just listen to the Department of Justice. We've told you the whole time this thing is a lie. We didn't get it till September. We couldn't have opened the case because of the dossier. And we've had media idiots. One of the uh, again, I'm trying to. That uh, <laughs> is so hard because they're such liars. That guy Saliza. At CNN, Chris Salizzo, oh. who was one of the most grossly misinformed media representatives on that. And that's saying a lot at CNN with Stelter and the other buffoonery. He constantly tweeted out, that's a lie. The FBI used the dossier to start the case. They didn't have it till September. And he's a media guy, just takes their word for mm -hmm. it, Joe. There's no reporting at all. We told you that story was bunk. It was garbage. 
Now you have the Department of Justice Orange. Where's the media? Where's the apologies from Saliza, Stelter, Moscow Maddow, Maggie Haberman, Natasha Bertrand, Adam Goldman? You'll never get them. They don't care. They're hoping now in the middle of the Wuhan virus outbreak, you forget all of this, and they're pretending this doesn't exist. They're mem- Joe, memory hole? Woo! They want you to pretend none of this ever, ever happened. You may say, Dan, that sounds like a big revelation that the FBI's entire story, we didn't get the Nazi out of September. It couldn't have had anything else to do with us opening the case in July. Now, now that that's been entirely eviscerated, you think that'd be a big story. No, it, it, believe me, it gets worse. Let's go to DOJ letter, screen cap, numero dos. This is from my friend Undercover Huber, who's the best on Twitter, at John W. Huber and at Techno underscore five. If you're not following him, you're making a big mistake. You are way behind the curve on this case. Here's another portion of the letter. Source one, Steele, reported the information contained herein to the FBI over the course of several meetings with the FBI from in or about June 2016 through August 2016. Do we have to, I mean, do we have to do this all? Do we, no, not come, this is real. That's it, there it is, right there. 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 Paul is like, stop it, I can't, I can't. I can't, I'm not doing Kung Fu. I just, I, I can't get over how, so many people were so wrong and lied for so long. This show, Solomon, Carter, Techno, Undercover Huber, Jeff Carlson, Chuck Ross. The list is ex- exhaustive. Margot Cleveland, 279, nailed this thing three years ago. And the media still will not ignore. And I listen to me and I mean it. I don't give a darn about the credit. I don't. The media still to this day will not write an article, Joe, that says in the headline what went wrong. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't you think it's fair to the American people right now to say, how did we screw this up so badly? It's there right in front of your face. The Department of Justice. Steele was meeting with the FBI through June and August of 2016. But they told us they didn't get the dossier of September. And you believe them? You believe them? That was your first mistake. Now, we knew this all along. But we reported it, what, about three months ago? I don't know. I always lose track of time. But a while ago, Mm -hmm. when the IG report came out, because we saw this little footnote that they wanted to hide as well. And when I say reported, I mean reported that Steele had been dealing with the FBI way before September when the FBI claims they were dealing with Steele. We translated this footnote for you. This is uh, to the, uh, this one was taken, I believe, from the conservative treehouse guys. Hat tip to them. This is, but it's footnote 461, where this is, and keep this up for a moment, please, if you don't mind. This footnote 461 is damning because it's obviously Michael Horowitz, who did this case's effort to talk, Joe, around the problem that Steele was in touch with the FBI way before the FBI says he was. Mm. I've read this a couple of times, but I'll read it again. Footnote 461. We found that McCabe, the deputy director of the FBI, gave regarding the use of the source concerning a former FBI CHS who contacted an FBI agent, FBI field office in late July, late July, late July, late July, to report information from a colleague who runs an investigative firm hired by two entities, by the DNC and another, who was aimed to explore Donald Trump's him. What is all of that saying? They're describing Christopher Steele talking to the FBI in such a way you'll never understand it. A guy contacted a guy who contacted an agent who contacted a guy in a field office who was working for an entity who was hired by the DNC and someone else. Why is Horowitz writing that way in the footnote? Because Horowitz is clearly not our friend and is a deep state or two. I have no faith in this guy at all. I'm sorry, zero. Instead of writing that footnote 461 in the way the DOJ wrote to the FISA court, hey, listen. This guy was steel source one was talking to the FBI in the summer. That's not what he writes, Joe. Horowitz writes a source contacted a source and McCabe told them the CHS and the DNC. And he writes it in such a circuitous, mm-hmm. non-understandable, non-plain language way. Because why? 
because Horowitz, like Christopher Ray, is a deep stater. And they're desperate to cover the FBI's tracks instead of, instead of actually telling the American people what happened. Just right in the footnote, Andy McCabe said that Steele had contacted the FBI in late July. He didn't want to do that. So he includes a bunch of details that are totally unnecessary to tell the story, hoping you'll get lost in the tidal wave of information. We translated that footnote for you months ago, telling you exactly what you now know. That the FBI story about Steele reaching out and them connecting in September is garbage. And they're telling you that story because they want to do a, hey, look, squirrel. And they want you to believe that they started this case because of the Papadopoulos tip, not because of the lie-filled dossier. That is nonsense. The dossier was always their case. And now we have the proof. Now we have the proof. All right. Shockingly, this does get worse because there's some new information that just came out, too, where you find out how they openly lied. Now, we know they we know they're lying about Steele, even to this day. We, we just went through that. We don't need to go. We know they're lying about when they contacted Steele, but they're even lying about when they contacted Steele, what they knew and didn't know. This gets really ugly. Uh, let me get to my third sponsor because I want to roll through this and then I've got some other important. I'm, I don't mean to load you down. I always appreciate your patience. But we have really good sponsors that want to be here and they support the show. So thank you for your time. Today's show also brought to you by buddies at iTarget. Ladies and gentlemen, if you own a firearm, two things really matter, right? Safety first. Safety is always first. Check it, check it twice, check it three times. If you're going to dry fire, make sure a weapon is safely unloaded. But also proficiency. You want to be proficient. Gun stores are jammed right now. And if you're hoping to get to the range to practice, good luck. Between prices skyrocketing and social distancing, you can forget about range time. It's really hard. We have the solution for you. This product, of all the products we have sponsors, this one we get most emails on. This, the people love this. There's iTarget Pro. They have a proprietary app and a laser round. What do you do? You insert the laser round into your firearm. Now, the firearm you have, you don't have to do any manipulations, and in, you will be able, in that safely unloaded weapon with that laser round, to dry fire. It emits a laser onto a target. You could now see your groupings. When you're dry firing, there's nothing in it. You don't see where the rounds would have would have uh, would have landed. Obviously, you could do it in the convenience, privacy, and safety of your own home. Dry fire training will develop muscle memory. It'll help with target reaction speed, sight alignment, sight picture, grip, trigger function, and more. iTarget comes in all the major calibers, including two, two, three, and five, five, six. Right now, get ten percent off plus plus free shipping with the offer code Dan D A N. All of us are seeing what happens. We're not properly prepared. Make iTarget part of your preparedness plan today. Go to itargetpro.com. That's the letter I, itargetpro.com, itargetpro.com, offer code Dan today. Okay. Wrapping up, finally, this IG report story, because it, it, it stunningly does get worse about the lies and the malfeasance and the misfeasance and the fact that Ray is doing uh, almost nothing except paper changes here and there and is constantly not answering questions. He really needs to go. Here's another damning piece of the of, uh, of, of information that we've recently come across on this show. It's been out there. But about how the FBI knew Steele was talking to the press, right? So not only the FBI lie about when Steele contacts him, we now know that, but when Steele does contact him, Steele and the FBI are using this little stunt. Did you catch the stunt? We write about it in Spygate, my first book on this extensively. Because Steele's dossier is full of lies, Joe. It's all made up. In an effort to verify the lies, Steele is telling the FBI things like the PP tape stuff and others. Mm -hmm. And then he's telling people in the media. And then he's using the same reports in the right. media saying, hey, don't tell them I told you, as verification that the story's true. You get yeah, it? Dog, like, hey, Joe robbed the bank. And we yeah. all know Joe didn't rob a bank. But then I leak to the media and say, don't tell them you heard it from me. Right. I leak to the media. And I think Joe robbed a bank. They write a story about Joe robbing a bank. And I go to the cops saying, hey, look, that story yeah. I told you about Joe robbing yeah. a bank, even the media is writing about it. Yeah. This is the stunt. It's a simple stunt yeah. and a stupid stunt. Apparently, the FBI thought they were going to get away with it. But you may say, well, Dan, to be fair, did the FBI know that Steele was talking to the media? And did they know he was leaking to the media and using those media stories as backup for his own lies? Well, of course they did. Because just about everything they did in this case, they erred on the side of malfeasance rather than just misfeasance or, God forbid, doing the right thing once in a while. Let's check out this little uh, snippet, which you're going to really enjoy. So 
They're talking about the IG report here. As detailed in chapter four, we found no documentation demonstrating that Steele was asked by the FBI whether he was the source for the Yahoo News article disclosure or told the FBI he was not. Handling agent, the guy handling Steele, told us he had no idea how the FBI made its assessment that Steele's business associate or the law firm likely provided the same information to the media. We found the basis for that assessment was neither accurate nor supported by appropriate documentation. Oh, okay. So you may say to yourself, can I translate that for you? Please. So again, Steele's lying to the FBI. He's then lying to the media, then using the media stories he lied to the media about to the FBI to say his original lie is true. The handling agent saying, well, golly, (laughs) oh, shucks, man. We didn't know. You didn't? You didn't know he was talking to the media? You sure about that? Because let's go to this little snippet here where that's not really what happened. As we described in Chapter 5, drafts of the Carter Page FISA application stated until October 14th of 2016 that Steele was responsible for the leak that led to the September 23rd Yahoo News article. One of the drafts of the FISA specifically stated, this is, I'm not, uh, this is a quote, that Steele was acting on his or her own volition and has since been admonished by the FBI. In contrast, the final version deletes that stuff. Again, uh, please, I'm Christopher Ray. I don't know what you're doing what planet you think we're living on. But if you really think you're engaged in public service right now as a director of the FBI, continuing to slow roll this stuff, pretend it didn't happen, declassify it during the Wuhan virus. When they do declassify it, defend it. Oh, it was just a couple of bad guys. Constant nonsense and garbage. Please find a new line of work. This guy has been an embarrassment. I'm sorry. I have nothing good to say. I don't know the man personally. It is one of the most dreadful appointments the administration has made. He is not interested at all in reform here. They lied. They lied about their lies. And then when caught in their lies about lies Steele said and used to the FBI, they lied about lying and deleted it from the final FISA application. Now, why am I bringing this up now? Sarah Carter has a great piece, sarahcarter.com. Even a lot of Republican senators, Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley, who've been all over this case from the beginning, who are starting to get really PO'd, if you get what I mean, they're starting to sense that um, Ray is really not one of us. And I mean one of us, someone who believes in like the Bill of Rights, Constitution, and government ethics, like that kind of one of us. SarahCarter.com, Grassley and Ron Johnson request FBI Director Ray turn over all FBI records on Crossfire Hurricane. This is from her website yesterday. Story will be up in the show notes. Uh, Bongino.com, again, slash newsletter if you want to subscribe to my show notes. I'll email you these great stories every day. It's up at BonginoReport.com, too. Ron Johnson and Grassley have had enough. So have I. So have a lot of Republican congressmen, Gates and others. I know Gohmert, people who are just, we've had enough, folks. We've had enough. It's time for Ray to go. There needs to be a massive, I mean massive house cleaning at the FBI. Anybody who touched this thing, sniffed this thing, it's time to go. It's really time to go. And I'm really sorry we appointed this guy. I know he doesn't like it. I know people listen to the show. I know I get your calls. I've heard them. I know Ray's bothered by it. Let me just tell you how much I, let me, can I do a demo here for those watching on YouTube? This is how much I care about what Christopher Ray thinks. Hold on, hold on. On a scale of one to 10, let's diagram it out. That's not a heart. That's a big fat donut. I don't care at all. Send your men over to interview me about it. Whatever you want to do. I don't care. I'm only interested in the truth, and you are not. And it's simple as pie. All right. Let's move on. So election 2020, um, this is going to be a very brief segment because it's a very brief cut. I'm not kidding when I put this up. Joe, obviously, as I always say, he gets the cheat. He sees the video clips beforehand Mm. because he has to produce them and make them listenable. Joe didn't even know what to do with this one (laughs) because it's almost nothing to listen to. This isn't a, I'm serious. Joe's a very good, but he's like, I I don't, what do you want me to do with this? I don't even know. This is a 11 second or so clip of Joe Biden and an interview on TV where he clearly 
just, I don't know, loses his train of thought. I mean, he does this all the time. And folks, listen, I'm not, I'm being serious. It's not a joke. I really, it's not a joke. I really, I'm, I know a lot of you are going to send me nasty grams. That's cool. You know my email, fire away. I really, this guy's, I feel bad for this guy. I'm just gonna, I don't feel bad for what he did. Yeah, I I've, really, he's done some horrible things yeah. in the past, but you know what I'm saying, Joe? Was, like, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not diagnosing him. I'm not using my psychology background to do that. That would be unprofessional, unethical behavior. I'm simply suggesting to you that the signs this guy is emitting is that he is woefully, woefully cognitively unprepared. Forget about to be the president of the United States. That, that I think we determined a long time ago. Right. But it's for, seriously, I'm not kidding, for probably any job right now. Just, this is 11 seconds of, a, he does this all the time, of Biden. You may say, well, Dan, this isn't fair broadcasting stuff. Folks, isn't fair? We have an election coming up during a crisis. Are you serious? This is, we get very few of those emails, but we get some, don't pile on Biden. No, no, no. These are fair questions. This guy's going to have the nuclear football. He can't even answer a question. Check this out. We got to, it's just, yeah. but you got to, I mean, the, we got to reassure. Look, my my message to everybody I talk to. Oh, folks, it's sad. I'm not. Even, I'm not sad. even messing with it. Yeah. It's sad to watch. Joe's dealt with this. I've dealt with this. Everyone's dealt with yeah. it. The man has some. There's some cognitive deficit there. There's something going on. He does this all the time. Everybody loses themselves. I lose myself on the show sometimes. That's why I keep notes. sure. I do. Yeah. He does it all the time, and it's. When I lose myself, it's usually on a fine point of a topic. Like, you know, I was talking about steel footnote 461, and I forget it's 61. I think it's footnote 350. Biden forgets what he's talking about altogether. Altogether. There's a presidential election. This is serious. I, I don't know what the Democrats are thinking, man, but this guy is not ready. Forget about the presidency. I'm talking about ready for any job at this point. That's not being mean. That's being serious. You need to do something. He's not your guy. And if he is, gosh, this country's far worse off than I thought. All right, moving on. Because, you know, I want to get the point out there, but, don't, you know, sometimes the best points are made and just left in a few different words. So there you go. Let's move on to this one. Uh, the great Tom S. Elliott on Twitter, who runs Grabian, one of the best websites for supercuts. What are supercuts? They're cuts put together of media figures largely embarrassing themselves and making themselves look silly. Now, uh, as I've uh, made the argument to you before, the great gift of Donald Trump, in contrast to Republicans we've had in the past, we've never seen this before, this quality in him, is what? Some of you older listeners are like, he gets the media to show their butts. Yes, you're right. I used to say that a lot. Don't say it much anymore. But right, Joe? Yeah, but it's true. it's true. Donald Trump has an ability to get the media and the left to show their butts to America, whereas the other Republicans in the past haven't. Why? I have a theory on this. Republicans in the past, the Bush administration and others, some others, they'd get attacked by the media, Democrat, symbiotic, venom-like organism, and they would back down and apologize, and the media would pound their chest and say, look, we got them. Yeah. They're right. And they would back off a little bit, and then the cycle would repeat itself. Donald Trump never does that, ever. He just never apologizes for anything, and he just steamrolls forward. So what the media does is they up the hysterics, which they didn't have to do in the past because they would bully Republicans into submission. There was no need to up the argument. You got them. We got them. They never get Trump, ever, ever. Like, he just doubles down, boom, steamrolls right through the wall and just rolls people. And so what do they do? Instead of dialing it back and trying to look like the, quote, bigger person, they up the hysterics to the point of insanity. They've defended Kim Jong-un, MS-13. Yeah, yeah, Remember Nancy yeah, Pelosi? Yeah, they're not yeah. animals, MS-13. No, they're animals. That's right. Remember yeah. that? They, they double down the hysterics, and it's because they can't control themselves in the face of a— don't ever forget this— in the face of a Republican president who just refuses to play their game. It is literally an uncontrolled anger— absent political tactics that has taken over the left and the media, they will reflexively hit the knee, knee responds. You know, you hit the knee to patella tendon. Yeah. You know the knee test. They will reflexively, like hitting the knee, respond and defend anyone, any organization, and anything Trump goes after. No matter how bad that person is, Trump goes after Kim Jong-un, they love Kim Jong-un. 
Remember when he said our nukes are bigger? They were like, don't say that to Kim Jong-un. Mm-hmm. Remember when he said again, MS-13, we're animals. Nancy Pelosi, don't call them animals. It's reflexive. They're not doing it because they believe it. They're doing it because they hate Trump. And it's their reflexive. They can't control themselves. It's, it's Pavlovian. Bell rings, salivation. They can't help it. It's Pavlovian. Mm-hmm. Conditioned response. Give him a drool bucket. We're seeing it again. <laughs> Get the drool. Yeah. It's so right. Mm-hmm. It's so right. Bell rings, drool. Ooh. They can't help it. The drool comes out. <laughs> Here's the great Tom Elliott again on Twitter with a Grabian supercut. It starts off with, I believe, a defense of the, uh, or Trump going after the WHO in the beginning or so. And then it's liberals instinctively defending the WHO, the World Health Organization, despite the fact we now know in the face of a global pandemic, they unquestionably lied to us over and over and we're paying for their lies. The left has to defend them and they, they think this is a winner. Totally reflexive. Check this out. He's defunding the World Health Organization during a global pandemic. Brilliant. It's like when your house is engulfed in flames, first thing you do, burn down the fire department. Defunding at WHO in the middle of a pandemic is like pulling the plug on firefighters in the aftermath of 9-11. It's like shooting at an ambulance because you don't like how quickly it responded to its first call when you still have patients uh, lying out in the street, bleeding, needing responses. Stopping funding to an organization that handles pandemics in the middle of a pandemic is like slashing your own tires because you're mad you woke up late for work. One would think that this would be cutting off your nose to spite your face. Defunding the World Health Organization in the middle of a pandemic is about like me refusing emergency trauma care to a teenager in a car crash because a police officer told me that he was texting and driving. It's the same reason you don't give your Uber driver one star during the ride. You do that shit after you're safe at home, not while you're doing 90 on the freeway. One star? Huh? One star? I'll show you one star, mother... <laughs> Sorry, it did not begin with... Tra- I know where I got... Mm. I reminded to put in there, that was Hannity, not... he. That was not him saying that, Hannity. Mm-hmm. That's Hannity reading a tweet from Christian Amanpour. If you saw it, if you're watching on YouTube, you saw it. But for our audio listeners, that was Hannity, but that's him reading a tweet from Christian Amanpour from CNN. It's not his words. That's I, I forgot about that in the beginning. But that's a super cut again. Hat tip Graby and Thomas Elliott on Twitter. The left... Just reflexively, Joe. They must have been told, by the way, it was analogy day. Defending the <laughs> WHO is like, and then you th- th- insert your own yeah. creative analogy. They must have been told that. Some yeah, folks were told bad, to do too. That. Yeah. Bad analogies. Oh, yeah. Stupid. Just yep. like amateur. What are you looking at? Why are you looking at? No, oh, Paul is giving me a look. Sometimes he gives me that look. It means trouble. They just, as if again, the, 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 the Patel attendant, boom, bee, they have to instinctively, def- despite the world, Joe, sane people. I'm not talking about the liberal media. Mm-hmm. Sane people throughout the world, furious that the World Health Organization catered to Chinese propaganda and basically screwed the whole world over by putting out misinformation. There, what you had one job, WHO. One job. You know that meme on Twitter. You had one job. You had one job during a pandemic. To give us accurate information. And you blew it. The whole world's been, And the left has to jump to their defense. Why? Because Trump called them out. Now, in case you think I'm being too hard on the WHO, here's the Daily Mail. This will be in the show notes too. Bongino.com slash newsletter. The Daily Mail. Here is the Daily Mail's article on what the WHO really did. No human-to-human transition uh, transmission. I keep saying that. Transition. Darn. No human-to-human transmission. No travel bans, but plenty of praise for Beijing. How the WHO parroted Chinese lies as the coronavirus pandemic unfolded. You need the proof. You need the evidence. Here it is. Here's a screenshot from the Daily Mail piece. Here's the timeline. January 9th, the WHO praises China for identifying the virus. It also advises against travel or trade restrictions on China. Wait, what? January 13th, the WHO says it's now working with authorities in Thailand. If the reports of a case there may call a meeting of the emergency committee. Again, no warning about human-to-human transmission. January 14th, the WHO tweets, Joe. January 14th, January 14th, folks. China knows in December this thing's going human-to-human. 
January 14th, WHO. There's no clear evidence of human-to-human transmission in China. Though later clarifies and says there may have been limited transmission via family members. Mm. This is unbelievable. Again, their natural instinct in the media is to jump to the defense of anybody Trump doesn't like. Anyone, no matter how bad their malfeasance is. Now, excellent piece by Andy McCarthy. He's a little mad at me. That's okay. He's still my friend and I love him. Andy McCarthy, one of the finest lawyers out there. National Review, again, be in the show and study. Read this piece. Trump wants to defund the WHO temporarily until they can get to the bottom of this investigation about why they were parroting Chinese propaganda, which we now know. Andy McCarthy, National Review. Trump WHO funding. Eh, I'll miss the rest because Paula pulled it down too early. Trump WHO funding. Halt. Does he have the power to do it? (laughs) Well, maybe is the answer. As with everything in government, Joe, Hmm. there's always a big maybe. Okay. There's two ways. One would be under emergency reallocation provisions, which would be tough. Stafford Act type things. But he says the other way, which I think I he, he thinks this is less likely, but I think if Trump was to do it, this is the best way to do it under rescission. So quoting Andy McCarthy from his piece, he says, under federal budget law, the president may temporarily halt the funding and send a rescission, a rescission message to Congress asking for the appropriated funding to be rescinded, taken back. In other words, he has to explain why and describe the impact in doing so. Congress then has 45 days to act on the request, which can be fast-tracked. If Congress fails to act, the president would be required to spend the funding as Congress has directed. I think actually that's probably the better way to do it or at least try it and then let Congress come out and say to the American people, no, no, we're not going to take back that funding from the WHO because we think they're just great despite the fact that they lied to us. Get them on the record. I think that's the better way to do it. I hope someone in the administration is listening. Rescission. Do it. Congress won't agree with you. Nancy Pelosi will never let it happen. Because again, it's the Pavlovian response to defend anyone that Trump goes after, even when Trump is right. But let's put them on the record then. Let's see what they have to say with this rescission package. Let's check that out. All right, let me get to my final sponsor of the day. And then I have a couple more stories I want to get to on a Friday. So uh, I really appreciate your patience. Final sponsor today is Ashford University, ladies and gentlemen. Enroll today at ashford.edu, ashford.edu slash Bongino. While you're spending time at home, don't just think about your future. Do something about it. Get a degree from Ashford University today that can help you have a brighter future. Ashford University's online bachelor's and master's degree programs allow you to learn in a convenient and flexible schedule. At Ashford, expert faculty teach you real-world skills from real-world experience from the comfort of your own home in online classes built for life's twists and many turns. You can pursue a degree to help you have a brighter future in one of Ashford's 60-plus programs like business administration, healthcare administration, and psychology. With 24-7 access to your classroom, daily support, and financial aid available, Ashford gives you the tools you need to keep climbing. You're made for moments like these because you're... Hashtag tenacity made just like Ashford. Education is personal at Ashford University. Your success is their success. There's no fee to apply or standardized testing required to enroll. Do it today. Go to ashford.edu slash Bongino. Ashford.edu slash Bongino. That's Ashford, A-S-H-F-O-R-D dot E-D-U slash Bongino. Not all programs are available in all states. All right. So I promised you I would get to these stories. I just wanted to quickly bring up two things about under the subtitle, moving on from that last subject. Section what? uh, What is this? E or F of the show today? There is no money fairy, ladies and gentlemen. I I mean, I don't, again, I I say this and, and, and please don't read me the wrong way. I don't mean this in any kind of a condescending, talking down to the audience way. I'm really talking to the liberals out there who really have no comprehension of what's going on right now when it comes to this government spending. And they're under the misperception often that government spending is somehow net worth. It is not. Government spending is not net worth to us. Government bonds are not net worth because the government doesn't produce anything. There is no money fairy. The government doesn't take a tree, cut it down, and build a gavel and sell 100 gavels. Say it buys the tree for $100, the gavel company, right? And say out of that tree, they can make 300 gavels at $10 each. Well, how did that happen? 
how did they take a $100 tree and magically transform it into, what, $3,000 in value? How? It's the same tree. The answer is they took their knowledge from the gavel company, their collective knowledge on how to make gavels and how to finish them and how to carve them, and they produced added value, value added, an important term you have to tattoo onto your brain. That's what the free market and free entrepreneurial, hardworking, capitalism-loving Americans do. They take a $100 tree and they make $3,000 worth of wood out of it into gavels because they add value. The government doesn't do any of that. Now, some of the functions of government can maintain added value. What do you mean by that, Dan? I mean that that company that produces wooden gavels probably only exists because we're not in The Walking Dead with Negan and there's a police force to keep the hordes of people from raiding the factory and stealing the gavels, right? So we take some money through taxes from the company and we pay the policemen. We pay, you know, the federal agents. We pay, we pay firemen, EMS workers, sanitation, roads, and we maintain that value. But the government doesn't produce anything, anything. The government simply takes. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no money fairy. This stimulus program, which is turning into it's, it's some some of it has been a good the patient the the, uh, the paycheck protection program is a Band-Aid. It's not a stimulus, but I think it's a good idea given the government enforced the shutdown. But some of this other stuff we're doing is just ridiculous. There's funding programs for the Kennedy Center, bailouts for all these organizations. That, 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 it's just a mess. This is just our money redistributed. I want to, there's two articles in the show notes today, one in the past and one that's in today. I need you to read just to show you that we're just moving money around at this point. First article is this CNS article I've been talking about for a couple of days. They do great work, especially this guy, Terrence uh, Jeffrey, who's just all over the debt situation. This guy will be one of the great sages of our time when and if we go bankrupt, which I hope never happens. CNSnews.com. Federal tax collections, Joe, shockingly, mm -hmm. were up in March despite the COVID shutdown. And total taxes set a record in the first half of March 2020. Now, having said that, it's only halfway through March where the shutdown really started to devastate tax revenues, income people weren't making because they were laid off. Mm -hmm. But isn't it amazing that even though half of March is generally wiped out, the government in, in March raised $236 billion in tax revenue, the most amount of money it's raised since 2016, despite the fact it had, what, 30% of its income wiped out to tax? And we're still running a massive deficit. What does that tell you? That it's not the taxes that are the problem. These increased taxes aren't going to do a darn thing. You can tax people into oblivion. It's not. Remember the Laffer curve. You tax people at zero, you get zero. You tax people at 100%, you get zero too. How's that? We took all their money. Exactly. You just bankrupted them. And then they'll have no money to give you in their next tax return. So you get zero. The Laffer curve, 0% taxes, you get zero money. 100% taxes, you get no money either. What's the sweet spot at the top where people will pay the taxes for the police, the fire, the military? Before they start to say, you're taking too much of my money, now I'm going to do everything I can do to give you less. Well, the answer is roughly 17 to 20% of their income based on Hauser's Law. I don't want to get too wonky into the economics. Just know above those taxation rates, people start doing everything they can to avoid paying taxes. Tax avoidance, again, is a national pastime. Mm -hmm. Tax evasion is a crime. Tax avoidance is not. That's why we have accountants. One more point from that CNS piece. Showing you again, taxation is not the problem. It's government spending. There's no money fairy. We're still spending money we don't have. It's got to come from somewhere. And it's going to come from savers. Over the last six months, the government has taken in a record, all-time record of $1.6 trillion dollars. You may say, wow, an all-time record in taxes. Surely, you know, the left has told us we're not taxing people enough. You just taxed them the most amount you've ever taxed them in American history. $1.6 over six months. <laughs> we're still running a deficit. We spent $2.3 It's just math, Libs. It's just math. It doesn't matter. We, we just raised the most amount of tax money ever in six months despite this. And we are still running a massive deficit. 
Savers are being eaten alive because we're just printing money now. So if you're a saver and you have money in the bank and we're printing more money, it's going to make your money worth less. It's as simple as that. Savers are being wiped out by the government. Now, you may say, well, the government will back us up. They're paying our Social Security. And that was my money. Folks, I get this email all the time. And I love you to death, the people who send it to me. But gosh, I don't know how many different ways I need to try to explain this. Yes, it was your money when the government took it. It is not your money anymore. I'm not suggesting to you that's fair. I'm not suggesting to you it's moral. I'm not suggesting to you it's right. I'm just suggesting to you what is. Here's a Market Watch article that if you're over 55, you need to read about Social Security. Opinion. Thanks to COVID-19, Social Security's days of reckoning may be even closer than we thought. Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, I get the argument. I paid into it. I deserve it. You do deserve it. It was your money. You were promised things. And as I've said to you repeatedly, and I'll say now, it would be a, you would be causing civil unrest on a mass scale if you were to tell people 55 and older now who had spent this money, where his money was taken from Mm -hmm. them by the government and they were promised it. Hey, by the way, we changed our mind. Not a good idea. Not moral, not ethical. I am not recommending that. Period. Full stop. So please, I get, because I know I'm going to get the emails anyway because people don't listen to when I say that. They, they, they go, I don't know what happens. They gloss right over it. I am not suggesting or recommending that at all. I'm simply suggesting to you that to pay you, you, people 55 and older, to pay you, because Social Security is insolvent. There is no money. I'll put up a screen cap for a minute in case you don't believe me and you need to hear it from someone else. To pay you, we can't pay everyone else 55 and younger, which makes sense. Because if you're 55 and younger, you have the opportunity to work and make up the difference. 55 and older, you don't. You're already retired. You've already lived your life. You've already fought in world wars and given us a great gift of freedom. But please, I'm begging you. We can fix this problem, but we can't if we refuse to understand it. Stop telling me it's my money. It is. You are correct. No asterisks. It's not your money anymore. They took it. It's not my fault. They spent it. You put money in a trust fund. That money you paid in Social Security, the cash, went into a trust fund. It's not in a bank. What did that trust fund do? It turned around and gave the money to the government when they bought treasury-denominated notes, and the government spent it. There's nothing there. It's a bunch of fake IOUs. You don't believe me? Look at the screen cap from the Market Watch piece. Again, you think I'm making this up? Here's Social Security trustees and other people out there who have looked at the numbers warning everyone. The gap between what Social Security takes in and what it pays out, which again was growing to begin with, is going to widen further. The trust fund has been filling that gap, you know, Eds, but as the gap gets bigger, the trust fund will be used up faster. That's how Manel's estimated 2033 depletion estimates come in two years faster than what Social Security trustees estimated just last year. Let me decipher that for you. In 13 years, there will be no trust fund left. The trust fund doesn't exist now. It exists in theory and on paper, but it's not real. You gave money to a trust fund which they lent the money to the same government that took it from you, that then spent it. There's no money in there. It's a bunch of worthless IOUs. The simplest analogy in the world, it's like you taking cash, spending it, and writing on a note, I owe myself $20, and saying, no, no, I have this paper IOU that says I owe myself $20. It's not worth anything. In order to pay yourself back, you have to go get another $20. That's what they did. In this piece, they're suggesting even the fake trust fund, which is just going to be sourced from general revenues, even that's going to be wiped out in 13 years. Again, to people 55 and older, promises were made to you. You fought for us. You lived in a much harder time than we do. There were no flat screens. You lived through the Great Depression. You deserve that. It was your money. And we need to take care of those folks. But for people 55 and younger, it's over. There's no money there. And you thinking there's money is simply foolish. 
You can send me all your actuarial spreadsheets in the world you want. You will not defeat the simple purpose that the IOU was simply deposited back into the general fund through treasury-denominated notes that was spent. There is no money there. You can never change that argument, and you know it. It's also behind the fictitious Clinton surplus narrative. Remember, oh, Bill Clinton ran a surplus. No, he didn't. They ran a Social Security surplus, which they did what? Spent. That's why the national debt went up every single year of Bill Clinton's presidency. How'd that happen? We had a surplus. No, we didn't. They spent it. It was a Social Security surplus, payroll tax. They spent that too. That's why the national debt went up every year. Because the government has to pay those IOUs back to themselves. We can fix it. But we need massive reform right now. Okay. Uh, let's. I want to leave you with a good note for the weekend. This is, uh, we can fix it. I mean, really, I mean that. Just We just have to accept that premise. And then going forward, everybody, Democrats included. Once we accept that premise, the math will work out in the end. Once, Because that's our biggest line item in the budget, Social Security by far. And there's just no money for people 55 and younger. This is one of the best clips I've seen in a long time. I don't know how this hasn't gone more viral. I'm trying my best to make it go viral. It's the great Kellyanne Conway, who very few people can just completely dismantle hacked left-wing media narratives like she can. And as, as Paula was telling me this morning, and she's absolutely correct, Kellyanne's got a gift, right, Joe? Because you've seen yeah, this. Yeah. He's laughing because he always gets to cheat. And so I almost wish I could hide it from Joe to get his genuine <laughs> response, but I can't. He is the producer. She has a way of doing it with a smile that I just don't possess. She's like razor sharp. Yeah. I'm more like a baseball bat, like a blunt instrument. And I get that. It's not for everyone, and that's okay. But that's me. I'm 45, and I'm just not changing. I'm sorry. Kellyanne does none of that. She's like a razor blade gliding across your face, shaving off that stubble. And you're like, gosh, it feels so clean. She's just so good. This is the dreadful Paula Reed from CBS. Remember the one, Paula Reed? She was the blonde lady at the press conference the other day who was like going after Dr. Fauci, suggesting that he was pushed into making an involuntary oh, yeah. statement and Fauci just crushed her. And then Donald Trump had it out with her afterwards mm -hmm. about her stupid question. So Paula Reed, <laughs> it's quiet. Joe tried to fix with her, but this is outside the White House grounds. She gets Kellyanne Conway in this little question and answer thing. And she asks Kellyanne why President Trump's business council has so many, it's not a joke, You can why it has so many white men on it. As if President Trump picks the CEOs of companies yeah. that are, this is a real question, listen to it. And listen to Kellyanne Conway in one of the greatest sweep the leg moments I've ever seen. This, please spread this around. This is just a beauty. Check this out for a Friday. And is there any thought to diversifying that council beyond what was predominantly a group of very wealthy white men, not exactly those who have been the president has calls on his schedule. I don't know if you checked his schedule yesterday, but he has uh, four calls with uh, those uh, sectors, even today, uh, banking, healthcare, technology, sports, uh, quite, a, quite a number of them. So he's starting to announce them last night and started just today. I think that list is probably less exhaustive than it is illustrative. And there will be other people raising their hand and saying, how can I help? Um, we don't pick who the heads of the sports commission leagues and CEOs of companies are who want to help. Paula, I actually don't know what's happened to you, respectfully. I don't know why you've, you've changed and you're in the briefing room screaming at Anthony Fauci and the President of the United States. Um, I frankly think it's unbecoming. But that, but that aside, I'll answer the question about how they're going to help America, which is why I'm here. I, I think you're here for a different reason, it seems, these days. <laughs> Woo! Call the police. There's been a crime on the North Grand. Hold on. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm crying. I, well, by the way, just warning people in the meeting, when Kellyanne opens something up and she says, I'm going to say this respectfully, it's, it's not going to end well for you. Trust me, it is not going to end well for you. She is buttering you up to just totally sweep the leg. Cobra Kai style. It's coming. And get ready. What a humiliating, stupid question. And you, by the way, please go to my YouTube, youtube.com slash Bongino. I, I, listen, I, I just want you to fast forward to the end if you need to. I want you to watch Kellyanne's eyes as the question comes out. She's looking like, yeah. I can't believe I have to deal with this mental midget today again. I love it. Respectfully. 
respectfully, um, I don't know what's happened to you, Paula, uh, but I'm here to help the American people. I think you're here for different reasons. Paula, maybe time to find a new line of work. I know the left will celebrate her for that, which speaks to the schism in this country, but trust me, Paula Reed left that interaction going, ooh, wow, that one hurt. That was a rib shot. <laughs> that, was a, that was a rib shot right there. Somebody want to tape the ribs? Not good. But hat tip Kellyanne. Very nice job. Very well done. Maybe I'll have to try to emulate that style a little bit, but I don't think it's possible. I just have too much of a barbed wire baseball bat type approach. If you catch my Negan reference. Hey, thanks again for tuning in this week. It was a phenomenal week in listenership. We finally found a glitch. We were wondering what was happening with the show and the show has been exploding. It was a glitch on our end. Thank you for spreading the word. You all are awesome. The show's listenership is through the roof. We deeply appreciate your loyalty, especially during this crisis. Come here for the facts. We'll always give them to you. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. Check out the John Solomon interview. You're going to love it. And we will see you back here on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.